Welcome to Inside Mineral Wells, the podcast that introduces you to the exciting people, places, and events that make Mineral Wells a magic place to live. Hey y'all, it's Kelly North with Inside Mineral Wells. Mineral Wells won Texas Travel Awards 2023 People's Choice Awards for Best Destination for Outdoor Adventures. This is due largely to Lake Mineral Wells State Park and Trailways. So listen to this episode because we're going to hear all about that wonderful park. This is Inside Mineral Wells, and I'm here today with Nikki Elms, who is the superintendent for Lake Mineral Wells State Park and Trailway. Thank you for being on Inside Mineral Wells, Nikki. Well, thank you for inviting me, Kelly. I am so excited to be here. I went out to the website just to kind of prepare myself, because I just really don't really know anything about the park, and I'm amazed at the website, how much information is out there, and you've got PDFs to download, to do do different things, show people how to find their, their their way around the park. Who manages that website? So we actually have a, a um, social media um, person in Austin, and so it's a t- Texas Parks and Wildlife headquarters. Mm-hmm. So that division manages the park's websites. They do a phenomenal job. They are. They're, uh, they're pretty easy to manage, too. At the top, there's a tab. Mm-hmm. for like facilities and a tab for rock climbing and a tab for events in the park and mm-hmm. so to me it's real easy to navigate it's not too difficult and there's yeah. some good introductory videos on there about the park and the trail oh too. i didn't see that at the top and so it's not just pictures you can watch videos of a, of the, the park and the trailway and so to kind of see if uh-huh, you're interested uh-huh. or not in that particular park well that's awesome so when did you come to mineral wells because you're fairly recent transplant here well, yeah, I am. I've only been here be five years, so I'm pretty recent. I came in September of 2018 from Colorado Bend State Park and outside of San Saba. So have you always worked in state parks? Is it kind of like the dream you had when you were in school? Or did you start out somewhere else, like like flipping burgers or something, and say, hey, you know what, this, this stinks. I want to go work in the parks. So it's kind of a long <laughs> story, but I can tell you how it happened. <laughs> um I grew up on a small farm in Arkansas, 10 miles out of out of town, you know, in the mm-hmm. country. I was a country kid and grew up across the road from my grandparents. And I have a mentally challenged uncle and we had no neighbors and we had 200 acres to play on. And <laughs> that's what we did. And I we had trails built mm-hmm. and hideouts and a pond and went fishing and had cows and all the things. And my grandmother would honk the horn for us to come home. <laughs> and, <laughs> You had your own state park. True story. And and my grandparents were avid campers, Uh and we camped all over southwest Arkansas uh, because they were both retired at the time, and my mom, of course, was working. Uh And that's what I did, and and, uh, I'd never thought anything about it, honestly. Um, uh, My grandfather died when I was in high school, and um, I was the first one to go to college. I didn't know what I wanted to do, Uh and... Uh, I signed up for a medical course because medical was a thing a long time ago when yeah. I went to college <laughs> and signed up for it went my first year absolutely hated the medical classes was like I don't like this I, I went hmm. home one day and my um my dorm mothers what she called them they're not called that now right uh, right Miss Mary told me she said you know Nikki you're always going camping and hiking with your friends and you're always planning these events on campus for uh-huh. this group you're volunteering with and she said 
you know, they have a Parks and Rec program over there at the college. And I said, do what? Mm-hmm. And she said, yeah. She said, you ought to go check it out. Very cool. So She's walked, like a, a counselor. Yes, yeah, she was amazing. Um, her name was Mary Morgan. She's absolutely amazing. And she's passed on, of course, now. But uh-huh. I walked over there the next day, and mm-hmm. I met Dr. Teresa Herrick, who is over the program at Arkansas Tech University in Russellville, Arkansas. And she went over all the curriculum with me. And mm-hmm. I, was like, I literally looked at her and said, I've been doing this my whole life. Sign me up. Wow. And of course, I went back and told my, my parents, and my mother was like, you're not going to make any money. This is a horrible decision. Like, what are you thinking? And oh, no. I was oh, like, no. but if I'm happy and I'm not working at the factory with the rest of you all, then I've won. <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> I love it's, it. I it's love good, it. Love right? It. As long as I can keep a roof over my head, I'm not at that factory. That's the goal, right? <laughs> my whole family worked at a sheetrock factory. Uh-huh. Uh, and so it was like, this is what I want to do. And so... Um, I graduated, uh, uh, right before I graduated college, I spent my mm-hmm. summer interning for the city of Murfreesboro, Arkansas, where the famous Crater of Diamond State Park is, mm-hmm. but I interned for the city, and so I managed their ball fields and worked in their concession stand all summer to pay my way, Wow! Um, and lived with my mom, moved, moved home with my mom for the summer, and then I went back to college, and I wasn't there for about, I had one more semester left because uh-huh. I'd changed my degree. Yeah. And I, after about two weeks in college, the Park Commission chairman called me and said, hey, would you be interested in a job? <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm still in college. Uh-huh. He said, that's okay. He said, our director is leaving. And now, uh-huh. granted, she only, she didn't make a lot. It was a little bitty small town. But uh, he said, if you would like to come back and be our director, he said it doesn't, you know, pay a whole bunch. She was the only paid employee, right? Mm-hmm. He said, but, you know, you could do it on the weekends until mm-hmm. you graduate. I thought, well, Sister McDonald's or Walmart, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> let me see here. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> and, of course, my mother was was like, you're not going to make that much money. I was making quite a bit less than I would have been at that factory. Right. And I was like, let me just do it a year, uh-huh. one year. And I worked uh-huh. two jobs while I did it, right? I'm going to do it a year and just so I can get something on my resume, right? Yeah, yeah. So I did it one year, and almost one year to the day, mm-hmm. Dr. Teresa Herrick calls me and said, hey, there's this little town, up, tourist town up in North Arkansas, and they have, are wanting to hire a park director for the first time, and I thought of you. She said, you ought to put in for it. Well, I put in for it, and I got it. Awesome. Uh, so I became, and, and so I had my first full-time salary, and I was like 24. Four, uh-huh. and I, I was it was twenty seven thousand dollars a year and I thought <laughs> I was amazed right like wow. I was like, so excited <laughs> so I, I was a the, salary I was yay the very first parks director for the city of Eureka Springs Arkansas really Tanya and I lived there for three years um, absolutely loved it I managed uh, there's a sixteen hundred six acre city park uh-huh. CCC park outside of town that I managed and then all the little spring pocket parks I uh-huh. managed those and I did that for three years. And I ended up leaving. I actually loved Eureka Springs. Mm-hmm. And loved I love that town. little town. I still have friends there. I still go mm-hmm. back and visit. Uh, but it, the politics were brutal for a 25-year-old yeah. kid that didn't yeah. know what they were doing. Uh-huh. Right? And so uh, it got kind of stressful. And I was just like, this. I didn't sign up to be stressed. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> right, to run a park. Like, I, couldn't, I couldn't figure that out. So I was not, um, did not have the training to handle the politics yeah. right, at yeah. that age. And so I got on with Arkansas State Parks. Mm-hmm. I started at Lake Charles State Park as assistant superintendent. That's in the northeast part of the state. And I worked there for two and a half years and then also worked as an acting superintendent at Powhatan Courthouse Historic State Park during that time. Oh, my. 
then I went to Lake Frierson State Park, uh, a little bit further, closer to Jonesboro, uh-huh. for two and a half years. And while I was there, I got my law enforcement certification as well. And then I went to Queen Wilhelmina State Park, which has a lodge and restaurant. If you've ever been there on the Talamina Scenic Drive. In I have not been there. In Arkansas, Oklahoma. Uh-huh. It's the second tallest peak in Arkansas. Absolutely beautiful if you haven't been there. I ran uh, that park for five years. Uh-huh. I had like 38 employees. It was huge. Oh, my goodness, uh, Nikki. Yeah, I've you've got been. Long history. Uh, yeah, you do have a long history, uh, a lot of experience. I loved that part too. Uh, but during that time, my um, stepfather, 27 years, passed away, and the park director retired at home. And my mm-hmm. mother said, Could you please maybe come home for a little bit? Yeah. So I went home. And I was there five years as the city parks director in my hometown of Nashville, Arkansas. Went through a horrible divorce while I was there. Mm. Um, life-changing, right? Life-changing sure. thing. Yeah. Uh, met my husband of now, uh, David, and we got married, and my mother got remarried. It was like, hey, let's just start over. Like, let's just have a, let's just start Sounds over. Sounds like right? a good time we for it. We all need to start over sometimes. Uh-huh. We need to push the button. Yeah, go, reset. Yeah, yeah, do the reset. Like, yeah. okay, let's try again. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh. I found I was applying for Texas State Parks at the time, and I ended up in between while I was waiting to hear back from them. I mm-hmm. took a job with uh, the Excelsior House Hotel in in mm-hmm. Jefferson, Texas, and um, it's the oldest hotel in operation in Texas. It's never it's never been closed. I did not know that. I knew it had been operating a long yes. time, but it's never been closed. Yes. The, the Manger is older, but it had closed for a time for renovation. Uh-huh. This hotel never has closed. I'll and be darned. So, uh, I've been so, to the, both of those hotels. So a women's club owns that. The Garden Club uh-huh. owns that hotel. And so I managed it in a couple of their properties for a year. Uh-huh. And then at, around at the end of that year, I got an offer job with Texas State Parks. That's so really where my love is, right? That's where I, that's what is I. Is it do. hard to get on with the Texas State Parks? It's it just depends on your background experience, uh-huh. and it's competitive. Uh, I would think so because Texas yeah. Texas State Parks are a big deal. They are, they are, and uh, you know you need. I had the background and the experience, but mm-hmm. I was also competing against other people in the agency, right? Mm-hmm. So if I was applying against several others, and two or three of them already worked here, right, right, right. and I didn't, you know, it's a challenge. Yeah. And so so I, you, you got accepted. I got accepted at Colorado Bend, and um, I loved the Excelsior House Hotel, but they didn't have any kind of block benefits, and I needed uh-huh. that at this age. Yeah. And so um, I went and got on at Colorado Bend, and was there for a little over two years, mm-hmm. and then had this opportunity come up a little closer to home, mm-hmm. bigger park, loved the area. Here I am. <laughs> I've been here for So how did you choose Mineral Wells? So, Mineral Wells and Cooper Lake State Park were both advertised at the same time. I was mm-hmm. looking at both of those because you still have to apply an interview. You don't just automatically get moved. Right. And um, I applied for both of those at the same time. But I remember my husband and I were moving here, or when we came here to visit, mm-hmm. we left and, like, we really like this area. Like, mm-hmm. it just felt good. You know, mm-hmm. some places just give you that good vibe. Right. Like, this would be okay because we don't have any friends or family here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were driving eight hours home to visit family, and this would have put us at four and a half, right? Yeah, yeah. And so we kept looking at it, and um, I didn't get the other job, and I got this one, and here we are. And here you are. Yeah, we just came. <laughs> we just uh, we, we kind of have this philosophy of uh, whatever your beliefs are, that doors open when they're supposed to. And mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. God wants you to go there, you go there, and there's some reason yeah. you're supposed to be there, right? So... We kind of just go with it. <laughs> That's kind of how I ended up here. I didn't intend to be in Mineral Wells. 
And the, the year I arrived, when there was just nothing going on, if somebody said you were going to eventually live here, I would have looked at them like they were crazy. Oh, know? I've seen so many changes since we've lived here. Oh, in yeah. Years. Tremendous um, changes. Wonderful changes. Some of the things, things I think that's interesting looking back on my career is, you know, one of those first uh, city parks I managed was surrounded by well, healing water. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eureka Springs is based Yeah, on that's right. Water. Yeah. And now I'm in another town with healing water. Interesting. And then at Jefferson at the hotel, they managed an executive rail car. You could take tours of across the street called uh-huh. Jay Gould's executive car. Yep, yep. So Jay Gould is, was a railroad magnet, and one he time was, he yep. owned the railroad here. Oh. It's a trailway. <laughs> I'll be dang. So it's kind of funny how things tie in together later <laughs> in your life. Like, Because I, I keep thinking, like, how did I end up in Texas? And now here I yeah. am, and all these things tie together, and... You know, it's it's pretty cool sometimes when you really sit down and think about your life. Like, yeah. who knew I was this small town kid was going to be all these places? And yeah, 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 it's crazy. And working for for Texas State Parks, I know, right? So, how big is um, this state park? This one is a little over three thousand acres. Three thousand acres, mm-hmm. and how big is the lake? Six hundred forty acres. Hmm, that's a pretty good sized lake. It is. So what act, kind of activities are here? I mean, obviously you can boat, but you can't ski, right? You can't ski or jet ski or tube or anything like that. Uh, just boating would be like kayaking, canoeing, mm-hmm. pedal boating, um, and fishing mostly are the type of visitors we get for the lake. Uh, you can also go rock climbing and rappel in here. We have the only um, rock climbing area open to the public, outdoor rock climbing uh-huh. in Texas on the public land. Uh, we also have 12 miles of trail in our backcountry area, so you can go uh, mountain biking, hiking, or horseback riding mm-hmm. back there. And then, of course, you can also do all those activities on the trailway as well. Um, the hiking, is that, are there different levels, like easy level, more difficult level, or is it all pretty much the same? We have easy all the way to difficult. And our trail maps, if you, on the front, you can see our maps of all our trails. And if you flip mm-hmm. it over on the back, it tells you what the difficulty levels are and how, mm-hmm. how far the trails are. And speaking of gold and the railroad and the trailway, how did the trailway end up coming into existence? So the trailway and the city of Mineral Wells had purchased that railroad line and operated mm-hmm. it for many years, and I, I believe it was um, probably economically not feasible, uh, yeah. becoming unfeasible. Yeah. And they decided to um, to relinquish it, and so that was donated to us or, mm-hmm. or given sold to us for a really small amount in 1998, I believe. So it's been around a long time. Yeah, it's been around a little. That while. seems to be very common for. Um, cities that used to have railroads running through their cities and now you know they've been discontinued but then they've converted their railroad it's not really the tracks yeah they're called rails to trails projects and they they're all over the united states and you can actually get funding to help do that to keep that as a as a corridor for the public to use so is that federal funding Mm -hmm. interesting I love that because that's a lot. Of, how many miles did you say the trailway is? 22 miles. 22 miles. Mm-hmm. Wow. From Weatherford, right outside of Cartwright Park, all the way to downtown Mineral Wells. If I were younger and better in shape, I'd probably <laughs> do it. Cause, and I, I just gave away my bike. Oh. I used to bike, but yeah. I just I can't bike anymore. So I have the same issue. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if I get into some shape, I can uh, 
But you know, you can mm-hmm. you can go along that trailway, and you know, the old train depot station is a business downtown, but it's right. there, and you see those historic pictures of all the people getting off at the train yes, depot, uh-huh. that one where all the people are there. Yeah. And I can just imagine coming down that original route, right, and mm-hmm. going up to there, and people getting off in the crazy water, coming in and out, yep. and that's amazing to, to tie that history all together. It was very, very busy time. Absolutely. Hundreds of thousands of people. That's right. And now Think we don't even mili- have that many living here. All the military <laughs> people coming in on the oh, train. Yeah. Just all the history and conversations that would have been on that train ride. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how many visitors actually come here to the park annually? We have around 160,000 a year that visit us. So are there times that are busier than others, like specific weekends or months? Absolutely. <laughs> We're pretty much um, busy every weekend between March and Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a five-month reservation window, and you have to pretty much be waiting to get get spots here. It's pretty difficult here to get in on the weekends during that time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, January and February is our slower because the weather is so iffy. Yeah. But if it's pretty, it could be booked too if mm-hmm. it's nice weather. Um, I would say in the spring, March, April, and May are our busiest months hand down. Once it gets hotter, it slows mm-hmm. down a mm-hmm. little bit um, because it's just miserable. You all know that. <laughs> and then uh, yeah. it picks back up after school starts. And uh, Thanksgiving week, surprisingly, is really, really beautiful beautiful and mm-hmm. difficult usually to get in it's usually uh, kind of like another spring break for us hmm. and then new year's day when we do first day hikes is a busy uh-huh. busy day so you have to make reservations for camping spots of all kinds even tent camping uh-huh. all of it wow and we're we're full all and the how time. about if you're just coming in for a day for a day and it's busy you can come in for the day. You can typically get in just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do uh, ask people just to make sure you can do advanced reservations online, too, for your entrance as well. And if you have a park pass, your entrance is free. Mm-hmm. That's good. Have you ever had to turn anybody away because the park was just too busting? Yes. Really? Yes. Uh, right after COVID, when we reopened, when the governor reopened us, uh-huh. um, it was so busy. We had a limit capped off, and it was so busy we had oh. to turn people away. Because everybody were, was so excited to get back out. Yeah. After all the restrictions. They wanted so. to get back out, and they wanted to go out where there's some fresh air. That's right. They wanted to come out of the city, come out of those wow. apartments, and get out. And so um, it was really a hectic time for us. Yeah, I imagine. Golly. Yeah, we had about 180,000 people that year. Oh, my. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you had to have them res- reserve just... To come in Just for the to day. Come in, yes. Wow, man. So, do you guys have things to rent out here, um, like uh, canoes, or do people have to bring those things themselves? So you can do both. Uh, we have a concessionaire that operates the Trailway Trading Post, which is our park store down mm-hmm. by the beach, mm-hmm. uh, and they do have kayaks and paddle boards and canoes for rent, or you can bring your own. Either way. Are there cabins here to rent to? There are no cabins. We okay. do have 15 shelters, and it's basically just a, a closed pavilion. Um, and you can rent those per night and have it there with bring your own tent for that. Okay. But we do not have any cabins. And is there an amphitheater here? We do. We have an amphitheater that holds about 200 people. Uh, you can rent that. You just have to call us directly to, to reserve that mm-hmm. if you would like to have it. We do programs there almost all, every weekend, too. Um, and we also have a group dining hall that seats about 75 people, has a kitchenette in it you can rent for the day. 
for the day. Wow. Hey, that gives me an idea. Hmm. <laughs> the amphitheater. Um, what kind of events are held there? Uh, our park uh, interpreter, David Owens, he does a lot of, if you've heard of the famous cowboy poetry. Oh, yes. He does cowboy poetry there. Uh, we also have our... Uh, annual cowboy christmas program there and mm -hmm. a lot of times he does just regular programs there like name that bird or other programs in the evening mm -hmm. for campers he does programs every friday and saturday so is there bird watching here do bird watchers come out here they and do we have a lot of birds come through this area and, oh yeah and david i would say is a semi-expert bird watcher like he is amazing yeah. at the knowledge he has and he does birding programs for the public does he do bird calls? He does. Really? Yeah. I got to hear this because when I was little, I would mimic the birds around our house. Yeah. I had no idea what kind of birds they were. I just mimicked them. He does nighttime owl programs. He does birding programs. That is so cool. Yeah. I got to meet him. You have I have to. watched him do his cowboy poetry whenever um, the Chamber of Commerce Visitor Center has done um, those staycation things yep. yeah even when i wasn't living here i would watch those so he'd be super interesting to interview um, yeah he would he 37 years experience with working for texas parks and wildlife oh my and, goodness um, like 22 of those have been right here really and he developed our interpretive education program from the very beginning my goodness he's well known well respected in his field well i'm gonna so have to should. definitely talk to him very interesting individual so what are some of the favorite places that visitors like to come? I mean, when they come here, they already know about it, and they say, this is what we're going to do, like Penitentiary Hall. This, we're going to go out there. What kind of favorite places people just, they come to this park specifically to do? I would say um, if, if you have never been here before, the mm -hmm. thing you're going to go to is Penitentiary Hollow every time. Um, if, unless you're coming specifically as a fisherman coming to the lake mm -hmm. to be a lake user or a kayaker. Uh, we have a lot of folks come to our lake. But if you're not coming for that, the one place they say, where would you recommend is Penitentiary Hollow. It's amazing. It's unique. You're not going to see that just everywhere you go, especially in this part of Texas. Uh -huh. And so if you haven't seen it, you need to come see so it. So can you describe it to people because a lot of people don't know what penitentiary hollow is um the easiest way to explain it it's kind of like a can it feels like a canyon mm -hmm. if you've ever been down in there have you been down in it? i haven't been there we've got to go today oh well hey let's do it do i've seen so, pictures of it and i've written about it but i've never been there you will it does not you does not uh, make sense to you until you see it um, interesting it's absolutely amazing and so we have to go check it out but uh, it was of course formed many many years ago by mm -hmm. water erosion and the rocks have split apart in that area and it formed these canyons mm -hmm. and uh, they're just really special it's a really great place to see and it's right on the edge of the lake and has amazing views of the park and the lake and it's just that's where we have our rock climbing and rappelling you can go out there and do mm -hmm. that activity but the trail through that area is just amazing well, it's definitely been a tourist attraction, at least since the very, very beginning of Mineral Wells. Tourists were always going out there. there there's articles written in 1885 talking about it. Absolutely. So it's um, pretty well known around here. So it's the, the number one place, huh, that people oh, like absolutely. to... Other than fishermen who just want to get that fish. <laughs> yep, unless you're just wanting to get in the lake. If you're coming to the park for the first time, we tell everyone about penitentiary. Hall. Yeah. Because all our pictures, everything, that's where everybody wants to go. I love it. I just love that the, the idea, the very idea that it's been around for so long and tourists have been going out there for so long and it's still popular. Well, and most people 
uh, come out don't realize, you know, the the main part of the park you see where the campgrounds are mm -hmm. and the lake, that's about a thousand-ish acres of what we manage. There's mm -hmm. a whole another 2,000 acres north of us. And so it's a pretty large park. So is everybody able to reach all of those? Not all of it, uh -huh. uh, just due to the terrain. Uh -huh. There's some old military roads back there that uh -huh. were turned into trails, uh -huh. and we have about 12 miles of trail back there, but past that, it's pretty rough terrain. And so we just manage that as a natural resource area for the So park. how do you manage that? What do you do to manage it? Uh, we do a lot of controlled burns, uh -huh. uh, trying to restore the landscape and manage it back to what it would have been in the late 1800s. Uh -huh. um, we try to do, we do some wildlife management activities. Sometimes our biologists used this area for those kind of studies. Uh -huh. We had some folks looking out for some special plants that were really rare recently. Really? Uh, here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, we have some rare plants out here that aren't supposed to be here but are. <laughs> And um, so we manage, you know, our natural resources, uh -huh, not uh -huh. just our people that are coming to the right. park. So. so what kind of animals are out here? Just your basic, you know, fur bear and animals. We don't, I wouldn't mm -hmm. say we have anything super unique that's out of the ordinary mm -hmm. for this part of Texas. You see them very often? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I see deer every single day of my life, <laughs> <laughs> which is amazing. And they're <laughs> everywhere here. And, and we do do public hunts in the fall. And so we have to manage those. We do... Mm -hmm. uh, wildlife studies uh, on the on the deer in the late summer mm -hmm. and where we go through and do counts of the deer we see and mm -hmm. then we use all that information to determine how many deer will allow to be harvested in the park during the public hunts you have very many um scary encounters with any of the animals do people ever come back reporting anything or not really i mean we have our little raccoon um thieves and i would say probably <laughs> for campers especially if they're from a s urban environment uh -huh. where they're not accustomed to right, that right. that's kind of scary for them yeah. um you know run across especially if they look out in the dark and they see those eyes yeah and they're t <laughs> going through their eyes chest and, yeah. you know all their belongings are going everywhere you know <laughs> I, had, I had some folks call me one night and, and tell me that they had seen a bear Oh, and I said, ma'am, now I have worked at a park with bears. Uh -huh. you know I mean, I had uh -huh. bears. I uh -huh. was used to dealing with bears. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, ma'am, we don't have bears. And then they called the police department. And the police department came in. I was like, they don't have bears. And I said, I will go see what's going on. Oh, and I went over there. It was as big as my hubcap. It was a raccoon, right? It was just a really <laughs> fat raccoon. And so <laughs> they left. Those folks left. Oh, my. Uh, I've had phone calls. Um, from the police department because some girls were scared in the primitive we have a primitive tent area two uh -huh. miles in in that back country uh -huh. and the coyotes were howling right and so it scared them oh they left they couldn't deal with that all night i used to love listening to the coyotes if you have a tent camp if you yeah. are not tent camp and you're used to just being in your house right right, right. the sounds are amazing and vividly clear yeah. and you hear everything you and do so mm -hmm. if you're not used to that and know what yeah. you're hearing it's it could be scary, right? And yeah. so a lot of what we do here, it was just, it's a, we're educating the public, you know, what is, when David, he does a program called Not Sounds, uh -huh. and it's to educate, like, what am I hearing? Is it something that is scary? That's an awesome is idea. Not, right? so, yeah. yeah. And so a lot of it's just education. And once you know that's a coyote, he's not going to bother you. You're fine. When I was growing right. up, I, one of the, um, my grandparents had a dairy and they had, uh, peacocks and peafowls oh and they're loud and they are loud and at night they they're scary sounding mm -hmm. if you've never heard them before you people they usually say they hear a crying baby mm -hmm. 
and it's kind of like a spooky crying baby. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I'd have to explain to them, and they wouldn't believe me. Yeah. They would just think it was something scary. And I'm like, you know, you know, I grew up with that, so I just don't. Yeah, I can see how it might kind of be scary if you have never heard it before. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so you, we have to remember, you know, what was normal to me, right? I grew up in the yeah. country. I grew up camping. Things that are like, oh, I know what that is, are normal to me. Right. It's not normal to everyone. No, right? they're and not. so they're going on a camping trip. They're excited. They bought all their stuff at REI, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're right, super right. excited. They're coming out. This may be their, one, their only trip they've ever made to a state park. Right. They've planned their whole vacation around it. You mm-hmm. want it to be a great experience for them. And two, you know, they don't know what that sound is or what's going right. on. And so we have to, it's, our staff have to be understanding of that. Yeah, and you want them to return. You Absolutely. want them to, because we've got some great, parks here in the state of texas and um you'd want them going away and then saying i'm not going to go again that's right you know so what other kind of events are out here um you do the cowboy poetry how often is that done Uh, he does that multiple times throughout the year uh usually fall and winter Mm -hmm. area and then he also in the winter david does what he calls wild walks we have an area um that's similar to penitentiary hollow but Mm -hmm. it's it's separated and we keep it off limits to the public because um if we let the public go over there as well that's another area that would be damaged mm-hmm. so when you go over to that area you can see a huge difference between the what the the plant life there than the other area where all the people mm-hmm. are right interesting so we kind of pro- we have a protect we let people uh-huh. use the resource but we also have a way to protect it right, right so we'll right. give up this area and protect this mm-hmm. one that way you can enjoy it but we also have part of it for safekeeping. Mm-hmm. But in the winter, when the snakes are away for the winter, he does a wild walk, and it's guided only, and only mm-hmm. so many people can go in it. He takes people back to see that area. Uh, and so he does that. That's a pretty special program that he does in the winter. Um, but all summer, he's got all mm-hmm. kinds of programs. They vary completely, and mm-hmm. um, I would definitely get with him for an interview and let him explain all I, of those I things I think to you. I need to talk to him so people can know what kind of great things are going on out here because yeah. I honestly didn't know. If you have a park pass, most of them are free. That's true. And so you just buy it's your... It's one of the other yeah. good things about Texas State Parks. Yeah, you buy your park pass. Mm-hmm. Once you get your park pass, your entries free you and up to um, so mm-hmm. many people in your vehicle mm-hmm. per year at any state park. Plus, you get yep. into the programs for free. And speaking of any state park... Mm-hmm. This year is the 100th anniversary it is. of our state park. So has have you guys done anything special for the anniversary or planning on it? We did. Uh, we did it the last weekend in March. Uh-huh. And we had a, an event called um, Pedal, Paddle, and Trek, if I can get that out correctly. <laughs> um, Say that real fast pedal, six Pedal, Paddle, and Trek. <laughs> uh, so we had guided, uh, David did guided wild walks back in that uh-huh. area. Uh, Rhett Warren, the f- chairman of our friends group, did guided uh, bicycle rides mm-hmm. from uh, the amphitheater trailhead to the Vietnam Memorial Museum. And uh, our good friend Rose Jordan mm-hmm. uh, and one of our staff, Armando Aguilar, did um, guided kayaking trip in the lake. And so we just had a day of events uh-huh. trying to uh-huh. help get new new folks out. That right. Maybe sometimes if you haven't went hiking before and you want someone to go with, it's yeah. a good way to start or kayaking or biking. Yeah. Like, I haven't done it before. If I've had someone to go with, I might try it. Yeah, yeah. And so we just tried to have an event like that where maybe you hadn't tried it, but you want to come out and try the state park. We yeah. also have free entry all day. And mm-hmm. so you could come out for free and check it out and see what it's all about. Speaking of hiking with, with others, 
are there groups that come out here and hike like on a regular basis there are there's all kinds of, of meetup groups that mm-hmm. will do that sometimes and because uh, i used to do that in san antonio for i cannot remember the name of that park it was just just north of downtown and it was a family that had, mm-hmm. dedica- had donated this land and, and that's all that people did in there was hike mm-hmm. And I used to go every Saturday and hike with a group. There's an outdoor women's group in Mineral Wells. I forget the name of the group, but there's a group on yeah. Facebook. Uh-huh. I would love to do that again because that's really good exercise. Yeah, I'll try to send you an invite to that group. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm in it, but I don't uh-huh. haven't participated. Yeah. But it's a group here in town. And this isn't far from, from downtown. Oh, no. That's another thing that I like about it. I mean, it's actually closer than the park was that I went to in San Antonio. Oh, yeah. I had to drive like... 20 minutes which is not a whole lot but i mean this is much closer than that yeah and one thing i love about this park is even though we're right on the edge of town Mm -hmm. once you get out here you don't feel like you're in town oh yeah yeah and so that makes a difference yeah because i was worried about that i'm a country kid right Uh i like living out in the middle of nowhere and (laughs) the last park i was at i was 45 minutes from my town oh my so from anything like wow everything. and so i didn't mind it you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay with it i don't have small children or mm-hmm. anything and so when we moved here i asked my husband i was like do you think it's too close to town yeah, and he was yeah. like it doesn't feel like that when you're here yeah it's like yeah. you're right you're well right. now you have it both that's it both worlds you're yeah. close enough to town to participate downtown events and yeah. get your grocery shopping other shopping yeah, done now, now I just and you can come out much. here and <laughs> yeah yeah because <laughs> it's too easy right yeah so I understand there's junior rangers. What is a junior ranger? So you can come in uh, to the park headquarters, and we have a junior ranger book. Mm-hmm. And you get the book, and you do the activities in the book. Mm-hmm. And when you do those and you turn them in, you do the junior ranger pledge, and you get a junior ranger badge. Now, is this f- specifically for this state park? It's or for the, all state parks. Really? So if you don't finish your book here, you uh-huh. can finish it at another park and bring it in. Any park you take it into, we'll do that for you. Wow, man. I wish. Well, maybe they did have it in state parks when I was a kid, and my mother just didn't know it. I don't know. I don't know when that started. Interesting that would have been so cool. Yeah, I would have been in state parks all the time. Tell them, well, Mom, I can give you one. Go. We can still do oh, <laughs> I can be a junior <laughs> ranger, <laughs> I'll be the oldest junior ranger. It's okay, it's okay. You're it's never too late, Kelly. <laughs> it's, never it's never too, too late. late. Oh, wouldn't that be the day? I we- had the coolest thing. I gotta tell this story. I had yeah, the coolest thing happened to me. I, I was on a plane going to Arizona. I'd ne- uh, I was going to see my father in law at Christmas, mm-hmm. and uh, my husband and I. My husband had never been on a plane actually mm-hmm. ever in his life. Oh my! So we this was our first maiden voyage, and we tried it. We went, we flew out to Arizona, and I'm on this plane, and this young lady sitting beside us, and I knew she was young. I didn't know how young. Uh-huh. About halfway through, I finally started talking to her, and I was uh-huh. like, "So how old are you?" And she's like, "I'm 12." And uh, she was going to see her niece for the first time. She mm-hmm. was so excited, and she was flying alone. She said, "Normally I fly with my parents." And she said, but I'm doing it alone this time. And I'm like, oh, I got you. You know, like, you right. just stay here with me. It's oh, all my, good. yeah. Know? And she was fine. She uh-huh. acted more adult than I did probably. And and uh, my husband, I was like, it's his first time. <laughs> you know, and she's looking at him like she's 12. She's uh-huh. already an experienced traveler. Yeah. So I get to talking to this young lady, and I look down, and she has a keychain that says Dangerfield State Park on it. And she yeah. is from Chicago. And I say, hmm. I don't know where that is. And she said, you do? She said, do you know Rachel? And I said, I too, she's the superintendent there. And she says, oh, Rachel's great. I want to be a park ranger when I grow up. What? And get this, her <laughs> name her name was Journey. 
what? And she turns around and looks at me, and my husband says, oh, you've opened the door now. <laughs> I said, she just happened to be sitting beside one. I've been one my whole life. Like, wow. So we had the best conversation with this young lady How all the way awesome. to Arizona. It's <laughs> on the plane. What, what are the, the chances, you know? Well, just think how thrilling that was for her. Yeah, it was amazing. It, it made me feel good. It was amazing. And, uh, of course, when I got home, I called mm-hmm. Rachel. I was like, Rachel, I met this girl. She's like, you just never know who you're going to impact, do you? I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> what a cool story. Isn't that great? What a fun trip. Yeah, absolutely. It was wonderful. I got to go yeah. to the Grand Canyon. I had on my bucket list. I had never seen it. Well, did you get her information so you could like no, keep in touch? No, but I shared her mind because mm-hmm, I, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. know how awkward that would be. Oh, yeah, that's true. With that's a 12-year-old. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, here's my name. If you ever look up mental wealth, uh-huh. find me. And she's like, okay. You have to let me know if she ever yeah. looks, comes comes here to visit. Yeah, wouldn't that be amazing? That would be awesome. We'll have to give her the royal treatment. That's right, absolutely. You can show her all around the park, and then we'll show her downtown, but she'll probably be more interested in the park. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. But we can tell her about the history and Penitentiary Hall and I know, right? all just that being good stuff. Being at the right place at yeah. the right time, that yeah, was just so awesome. cool. Yeah. Does um, the state park have an app that people can download on their... They do. Mm-hmm. There's okay. a Texas State Park app. Just look it up in your... In your so it's one for all the state parks. Yes. Okay. And then you just pull up whichever park you're mm-hmm. interested in. Mm-hmm. Well, why am I not surprised? I'm telling you what state... Well, yeah, but <laughs> Texas State Parks just has... It seems to be... Well, everything, Texas his, um, history and tourism, everything is... I mean, Texas spends a lot of money and time mm-hmm. on um, visitors and history. We've got the Texas Historical Commission. Mm-hmm. And um, I forget how many visitors center... But just about anywhere you enter Texas, there's a visitor center That's right. with tons of information available. And um, Texas Parks also has a magazine you can yes. subscribe to. In fact, I'm going to be in a short little article in there in May. Really? It's called Faces of State Parks. I subscribe, so I'll get, to, st- get to read all about you. Yeah. <laughs> um, when people come here to the park, are there some things... Now, you said you'd educate people, right? You mm-hmm. try to educate them about sounds and whatnot, but what things do people need to know when they come to a state park? Because they're coming from cities and, and whatnot, and they're not used to things. So what kind of things that you see typically that you would like them to know when you come here, be prepared for this or bring this? I mean, do people dress inappropriately? I've seen people down in... um. Bernie, when I went horseback riding, people were like riding out there in sandals and flip flops. I'm like, you don't go riding out in area that has mesquite trees <laughs> with shorts and flip flops. Right. Uh, the biggest things I see, and I, and I, I will say this at a couple of different parks. The last park I was at at Colorado Bend, where mm-hmm. Mormon Falls is, the the main issue was dehydration and mm-hmm. people coming hiking in flip flops. Yeah, you know when there's cactus and rocks and they're just not. That's not going to work for that terrain. Um, here, a lot of it is just knowing when you come in, expecting to pay an entry fee. We have a lot of people come up and turn around because they're like oh. they see the sign for the fee and they don't come in. Um, and you can request a um, if you have it if you're just wanting to see the park and you're wanting to come in. Mm-hmm. And you we can give you a twenty minute like. 
entry oh, that's just nice. to come through and drive through as long as you don't get out of your vehicle or anything like that mm-hmm. and you know spend time if you're going to spend time you need to come up and pay the pass but we can we can do some things if you've never been here and you mm-hmm. want to try right uh, give you a little bit of grace there uh, so don't think you can't just come in just because of that you know mm-hmm. or we can tell you about the park pass and how that works mm-hmm. um, just stop at the headquarters and find out information a lot of people just want to come in drive through and go in and mm-hmm. not really get any good information look at our website before you come mm-hmm. and learn how things work uh, a lot of the things I see that get people in difficult situations is dehydration yeah uh, folks are not hydrated anymore and then they're they don't you should hydrate two or three days before you come hiking and then come hiking most of our medical calls are dehydration hey um, you know what that's that's true even mm-hmm. for somebody well i don't really hike too much anymore but i used to hike quite a bit and i had to remind myself mm-hmm. because i'd been out in situations where i was starting to get dehydrated and i'm like i need to leave i need to get back to the car where i've got water yep. i should have brought more water yes. with me because often i took water with me but i just never took enough yeah, I think the standard is a quart per hour per person. So you have to account for that. And yep. folks think two miles, that's not far, but you're used to driving two miles, not right. walking two miles. Yeah, right? when you different. walk two miles in the heat. In the heat, you're going to yeah. dehydrate faster. And so that is probably the biggest medical call we get mm-hmm. is dehydration uh, and heat exhaustion. And if you're doing any climbing and you're sweating, oh, yeah. you know, Absolutely. you're going to dehydrate faster as well. So We do have a, uh, if you come to climb, or repel, we do have a, a waiver you have to sign when you come in and get a wristband saying that you've read that. Mm-hmm. And it is a small fee to climb. And so there's obviously mm-hmm. some safety things there. Uh, we also have a rock climbing concessionaire where you can book a rock climbing guided tour if you've never been. And you, there's an intro class. If you want to do that, you can book that with him. Uh, <laughs> and he's super great. And then um, I would say the only other thing I see, I sell a lot of people gathering firewood or a lot of Mm -hmm. folks parking off the parking pads and and if you've ever seen our sites our park is pretty much loved to death Mm -hmm. Uh, we get a lot of erosion in our campsites from that some of it has no grass (laughs) and so we really encourage people and it seems silly then we're saying can you please park off the grass i mean there's a reason right and right. we're trying to protect the resources as much as we can so the next person can enjoy that right site. and it, and i see that a lot i deal with that a lot i deal with a lot of uh, pets off leashes uh, mm-hmm. and it's not because we don't think your your pet will do anything it's mm-hmm. not that there's just a lot of hazards there's fish hooks in the water there's yeah, yeah. Um, snakes trying to protect the there's pets there's other dogs that might not be as friendly mm-hmm. right that mm-hmm. may come with your pet and then you don't have control of your pet right there's right. just all those things it's really just to protect your pet and we've also had some uh, pets perish from heat exhaustion uh, they are in the air conditioner all day at home yep, yep, and let's get true. them out and go hiking today and they can't they haven't adjusted right. to the heat um, so you have to carry water for your pets too yeah and even you just got to be really careful i i saw a really healthy pet last year not make it a really healthy couple of year old pet that should not have had that problem and so it's just in the and it just of course devastates the owners it would devastate me as a pet owner and so but sometimes we just forget that they're Mm -hmm. not acclimated either what's the signs of a, a pet that is dehydrating are there indications that people can watch for well, of course, they're going to be panting heavily, trying to cool their body systems off. Um, they may seem uh, disoriented, or just like we would, mm-hmm. and they're going to start try to stop and lay down a lot. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, that's so sad. 
people don't realize pets. Well, and they got fur too, right? So when it's oh, yeah, that's hot, true. Or, you know, when the pavement's hot, they're mm-hmm. working on any kind of pavement, and uh, then they're out in this heat, or they're climbing up and down out of penitentiary hollow. Or it's just a lot for them. Yeah. So just be really aware if your pet's not acclimated to this to the Texas weather and Texas heat and being outdoors to prepare them before you come. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything else that you'd like to share with people that I haven't asked you about? We've talked about quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. Just, I would say just if you're wanting to come out and visit the park for the day, just come on out. We usually don't fill up too quickly. Of course, the afternoons on the weekends are mm-hmm. the busiest time of the day. Uh, we have 111 campsites total with mm-hmm. the 15 shelters. They book up fast. Um, just try to get online and get it as quick as you can. I, I can't help you much in that department. I try, but I have people call me like, can you help me? No, I, I really can't. I wish I could, but it's full. Uh-huh. Um, and just be safe and think about what you're doing when you come out to mm-hmm. do boating or any activities and be safe on the water. If your kids are swimming, make sure you're watching them closely and anything can happen. Even, even though our beach is pretty shallow, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. And we just want everybody to be safe and have a good time and come enjoy the outdoors with us. How, um, what are the hours of the booth up here when people come in? Or, uh, obviously, they're not going to be 24-7 no. manned. Uh, they're open from 8 till about 4.15 mm-hmm. most days. We try to stay open late on Fridays if we have enough staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but typically, it's about 8 to 4.15 every day. So what if you get here late <coughs> and there's not anybody there? You can use the um, self-pay station mm-hmm. here at the park. When you go just past the headquarters, it's on the little island on your left. Okay. And you can, if you have a park pass, you just fill out the envelope with your name and how many people are with you and put your pass number. Mm-hmm. And just put the empty envelope in the box, and you put the sticker on your windshield. If you don't have a park pass, you just put your check or cash inside and fill out the information. The same as put it on your window and drop it in the box. I ask that because I've I've arrived at uh, parks late before. Oh, absolutely. And the trailway, that's the only way you enter the trailway is by the self-pay station. Okay. Yeah. All right. So... Well, awesome. I appreciate you being on Inside Mineral Wells, and I do look forward to talking to... to, uh, what was his name? The David Cowboy? Owens. David Owens. All right, folks, we're going to have to have David Owens on the podcast. So Absolutely. let's look forward to that. Okay, thank you. Thank you. are welcome. Thanks for listening, y'all. Be sure to like the episode and to follow the podcast so you don't miss the next one. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and now on Pinterest. Click on the link below to visit the website for Lake Mineral Wells State Park and Trailways. Do you have a topic you want to talk about? Something you want to hear about? A question about mineral wells? Email me at insidemineralwells at gmail.com. Find me anywhere you listen to your podcast or Follow Inside Mineral Wells on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or InsideMineralWells.com.